to a special episode of Community Podge. My name is Sarah, or SB, the BAMs, if you got it. And this is actually a community dilemma. So, you know, the D stands for anything. Today, the D stands for dilemma. Um, and to help with this, I have two very lovely, very awesome, and actually very familiar gentlemen with me today. So I am going to, as always, let them reintroduce themselves so if you could reintroduce yourselves please you goes first age before beauty as <laughs> <laughs> it that's you bro the fact that you the fact that you were speaking first says you should go first you know <laughs> uh yeah it's yeah it's um yeah i've been on the podcast before had a good time uh yeah i don't know what else to say about myself yeah, come back um and I'm, I'm Isaac, um, yeah, friends with Femmes and Sarah. Isaac from North London. Oh my God. <laughs> from the Only God Can Judge Me podcast. Yes, from the Only God Can Judge Me podcast. Also, I'm just going to say, I feel like that was like a little bit of a bat signal. Like, Isaac from North London, so, you know. Isaac is not from North London, by the way. <laughs> Where are you from? I'm, and I've never heard Isaac claim North London before. This is what I'm saying. What's going on? What happened, Isaac? No, I've been, I, I claim North London. I claim... Like, wherever I happen to be at. Yeah, I don't claim South London. Nah, you were denying North London when you first moved, bro. When you first moved, you was like, I'm not from here, bro. Nah, I'm still not from here, but you get me. Currently. (laughs) Currently. Yeah. You've been there for a while. You've been there for a while, have not you? When did you come? It's it's been five years. Yeah, 2015. It's been a while. I'm a bit like, hold on, I need to go back to why don't you claim South London? I feel like that's where you, like, where are you from originally, South London? Yeah, I don't claim anywhere, like, but is it, for me, London is London, isn't it? Okay, so but why was the bat signal for North London, why, why did it, it come? Wasn't a, it wasn't a bat signal, I was just saying I'm from North London. Are you sure about that? Well, I mean, if you want to make more of it, then... But... <laughs> I've never heard Isaac say I'm from North London before. I'll say that. Oh, I say all the time, but to be honest, I haven't seen you in about five months, so. <laughs> what do you mean? Have we not seen you via online? For real, like. I saw, you, I saw you online on Monday, bro. Every time I see you, it's for a purpose. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, we, like, we gather for a purpose. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm from North South London. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm from, I don't know if I've ever said it on the pod, actually. I'm from South London. I claim it very, very happily. South London is amazing. Where are you from, Sarah? I'm from Where about South. Dirty, dirty, dirty South. Uh, I mean, I don't really give out the, the... I call it government credentials like that. But is it South, yeah. Southeast or Southwest? Oh, I'm from Southeast. Okay. Southwest is not really for me. I feel like that's where the real gritty, nitty-gritty stuff come from. Like, Are you sure? Yeah. Gentrification mm. is real in SC London. So, you know, I, I feel know, like bro. that's the best. I'm in the best of both worlds. I'm from Southeast London. So I feel like mm. I've, I've taken it. Yeah. But, you know, please don't come and find me if you're from Southwest London and you're listening to this. I love you all. <laughs> I love you guys all. Um, I grew up in Southwest London. Okay. All right. So, okay. I can see where the love comes from. <laughs> right so we're gonna kind of not so much do an icebreaker we're not going to do build your boo because if you have heard previous episodes you will know that um femi is engaged she's to be married soon so he has already built Hopefully. and that's great um and <laughs> isaac 
what was your build your boo girl actually i feel like yours was one of the most memorable actually just because it was so simple i think it was i want to say big booty who loved christ but I, i'm sure it wasn't that it was i think it was something like that you know it was something it was like i remember it was so like a big booty who has a love for christ or no, just, body i can't remember what it was no just love for christ is it that's enough love for christ that's it that's okay. that's the only criteria in it for me Okay. Isaac, Isaac, I'm looking at you. <laughs> I don't know if you can tell. Like, um, um, that's uh, the only criteria, isn't it, for me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the only criteria you need, bro. That's so with, it. Nothing else matters. With that criteria, have you, um, you know, since the last podcast, since we last recorded, have you met anyone? No. No. Okay. All right. So, you know, that, <laughs> that, that feels like we're still uh, in the moment, which is. Amazing. Um, <laughs> well, actually, anyway, we're going to just go with this. Amazing. Um, so, yeah. I guess in terms of COVID and obviously kind of going through this period, um, would you say you guys have had similar experiences and how, in terms of how you felt, or has it been, you know, different in regards to maybe, you know, with you, Femi, dealing with like the um, all the stuff that's kind of um, on the lead up to the marriage um, or your marriage and Isaac I guess just kind of what looks like what in Covid like how's, how have your experiences been? Um, no go for it bro I've just been working from home really so um, and I, I generally don't leave the house much anyway mm. so before Covid I was most of the time in my house or at work yeah and then or or gym so i don't tend to leave the house often so the first couple of weeks it was my normal way of life anyway minus work i just do work from home um but then after like three weeks then it's like okay (laughs) let me start walking (laughs) in the park yeah (laughs) now yeah now it's gonna be a bit a bit long um now it's getting a bit long um but what what surprised me the most was how empty the streets were at the beginning. Yeah. And then gradually, Boy. Like, you know what, yeah? Forget this me. Um, so yeah, that's that's been surprising. Mm. Um, it's it's um it's 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 funny because I was having this conversation actually earlier today and I think that mm. as much you know, we live in London, it's multicultural, it's diverse, but there are people here in London who are rich and maybe have, you know, they can buy their way through a lot of stuff. And there are people who are working class and, you know, they're working really hard and they're saving and maybe they've had to kind of save up a bit more to get, you know, certain niceties in life. But with this, everybody's in the same boat. And so you've got Mm. people who are not used to actually having any restrictions being restricted. Mm. And it's so it's funny, but it's also a bit sad to see how some of them have reacted because it's a bit like, oh, it's a lie, nothing's happening, and you know, what what are you guys, you know, what what are the government talking about? We can do what we want. Like, people are sunbathing. They're just they're literally just exposing themselves to this potential virus, and it's just like, why? Why would you do that? Like, it's it for me, it's crazy. But um, but no, I hear you. In terms of kind of, it doesn't. It hasn't really made too much of a difference in that respect so you've worked from home but then do you find that you like the things that you I won't say take took for granted but the things that you normally would just be able to do like for example I know you work with Lux like going to Lux on a Sunday do you you miss that kind of stuff because obviously you can't 
can't do it anymore or you can't do it anymore for now yeah yeah i miss lux um yeah so so stuff like lux or gym yeah I missed that. But I mean, what I missed the most is I haven't seen my mum since the lockdown. So, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah that you can't visit family. That. Family's Yeah, fun. so that I missed. Yeah, so I haven't yeah. seen my mum. That's a big deal. But yeah, but in terms of going places, it'll be Lux and um, the gym. Yeah. And those two. And the other two places where I, like, I missed the most. Yeah. And I tried to buy gym equipment, but. Oh, gosh. It was. I thought they had on Amazon. Uh, sorry, 10 kg dumbbells, 10 kg. Mm-hmm. For 160 pounds. Yeah. What? Yeah. 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 I think I bought 10 kg, as in like, is it combined? Or was it, yeah, combined. So like the two dumbbells are 5 kg each. And I think I just about got one of the last ones for about 25 pounds. But this is like, yeah. and to me, I was like, oh, I don't know that they're that expensive because I'm pretty sure I've seen them cheaper. But yeah, they're selling for about that much now. Mm. It's, it's insane. Like our way of life has changed as we know it. Um, but just going back to mm. you, might, you might as well start buying them because I would assume gyms are not going to open very quickly. No, it's going to be um, September at the earliest. So mm, there you go. Like you either got to make that investment or you got. I think people are using water um, water bottles or they. <laughs> no, is it like the kind of weights I'm lifting? Because you know, yeah. I posted on my Instagram that uh, I missed the gym. And then someone DM me saying, oh, you know, you could use water bottles. And I said, the kind of waste that I'm lifting in the gym, beloved, it's water not, bottles is not going to be. It depends what exercise you're doing, though. It depends what exercise you're doing. Uh, man's lifting 150kg and you're telling me water bottles. <laughs> you're pressing 150kg. Honestly, I'm not, I'm if you're a tiny little side, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> Um, but yeah, going back to family, like Femi, how have you found it? Like, because um, you on are you living with your fiance at the moment? No, no, no. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I don't want to. No, so I mean, how have you found like the whole kind of just the whole? Um... Uh, it's been um, it's been all right. You know, I'm not going to complain too much. I think. As I was saying to you offline, um, the first couple of weeks, or up until last week, I was still going into work um, every day. So I feel like getting out of the house um, was quite good. Uh, I'm only noticing that I've been in, been in home for a few days. Is noticing now, all right, if I was actually at home this whole time, I'd be struggled. Um, um, so yeah, so I've been up until last week, I was out of the house every single day up there the weekend. So that's been good for like my just to get outside the house, see people, yeah. interact with people see the sun, like, every, every time I told people, like, oh my gosh, you still have to go to work. I was like, I really don't mind, you know. Obviously, I'm trying to be safe and be as careful as I possibly can. Yeah, but I really did not mind going in. And I only had, like, a short day at work as well. So it wasn't like I was there all day. So I wasn't complaining at all. So I'm, I'm actually looking forward to going back in um, next week. Um, in terms of, like, fiance, it's been all right, man. Like, I'm not, not complaining too much. Like, it's been all right. We've seen each other a couple of times since lockdown, like, briefly. Um, yeah. But yeah, not a lot. But yeah, it's it's been okay, man. Just obviously the main thing is obviously whether <laughs> at this point whether or not we're able to still get married um, in October. Um, that's the main thing now. So yeah. to, as I keep telling everyone, we don't know in it until they say we can or we can't. We don't know. So it's just it's just one of them ones where it's got to 
Yeah. Hope for the best yeah. and just see, see what happens with you <laughs> at this point. Um, yeah, we, we just don't know. We're planning, we're planning as normal at the moment. So we're planning like it's going to happen in October until we're told otherwise. That's, that's basically where we, where we are right now. Yeah, no, I think um, there's been quite a few, there's been quite a lot of discussion around marriage because, you I mean, it's like a multi-billion uh, pound dollar wherever you want to get married in the world. Industry, yeah. Industry, you know, it's almost taken a huge blow because people can't get married. They can't get married in the ways that they want. Um, and one <laughs> in, in article that I read, which was quite interesting, was just um, couples talking about what they do and they don't want to hear kind of during this time in terms of like their upcoming nuptials. So for example, a lot of people um, were, say, were saying in the article that they don't like when people asking them constantly what's happening, what's happening, what's happening without necessarily considering the fact that they don't know. And it mm-hmm. can be quite stressful, but what they do mm. like is, um, for example, someone has to cancel their wedding and on the day uh, of the wedding, the chief bridesmaid actually came and like brought a whole bunch of like stuff and did kind of a, a contactless drop just to say, you know, you're loved and this is oh, a special day nonetheless. So I mean, is there anything that you would say maybe has been a bit annoying or anything that you would Not really. in terms of no. what people can do to just maybe help those who are in a similar situation? I wouldn't say it's anything been like overly annoying, like that anyone's died. I think the situation can be annoying just because, yeah, there's obviously so much uncertainty. But I don't think like people are going to ask, in it? It's natural. People are going to ask what's happening and what's happening. I understand that, to be honest. Um, yeah, no, I fully, I fully get why people would ask or like, oh, that like, what's happening, what's happening. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't say I'm annoyed. Um, um about it at all uh in terms of like what you can do i don't know i guess because i haven't had to cancel the wedding yet so until i get to that point i don't know really in terms of like what to do to encourage or anything like that yeah. i wouldn't know um yeah maybe when we get closer to the time it might be it might affect me differently but right now again like i said i'm planning we're, we're planning as if it's happening yeah. <laughs> um so uh, yeah, that's all we can really do. You know, there is, there's still time, so I think it's a good start. And it's actually really refreshing to hear, like that, that there is that coolness, um, because it's, you know, there's a lot that is happening. Um, mm. It's important to kind of try and keep a cool head where you can, um, and just think mm. about it, kind of a, as and when we get to it, then we can we can deal with it. So. Ooh, yeah, no, nah. we got we got wedding insurance as well, so. <laughs> I just have to add that in there as well. Yeah. yeah. That's definitely a good look. I agree. It's funny though, because the venue are still asking for their money. <laughs> <laughs> so we have to pay for like a we've had we paid for like our second installment on the venue um like a couple weeks ago now. So according to them, it's still happening. <laughs> if they're still asking for money. So I mean that's a whole other thing, just businesses and their losses. Yeah, they still won't get their money in it. Are really showing their booties. But hey, it's business, right? Well, yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, I'm glad to hear that you're both doing well. Um and that, you know, it it's it sounds like things are kind of you're you're working through every single day as it comes. So you know that is very very positive to hear actually very encouraging for me as well because i don't lie i've struggled i've gone up mm. gone down um but i'm just taking each day as it comes i think it's um it's a difficult time for everyone in a certain respects but 
you know, I find a lot of people are finding positives and joys and um, the things that they are able to do kind of during lockdown. So I think it is just trying to, to remain upbeat where, as and where you can, um, and they're just taking it each day as it comes. So, all good. Okay, so we are going to go into the second part of the podcast. And this is our community dilemma for the day. So the dilemma is actually my dilemma. Um, and like I said before, I trust that um, you, know, you guys are very candid. Um, and I'm really looking forward to kind of doing this with you because I think you will give me uh, honest advice. And I think actually this may be something that is affecting others. And, and hopefully you can uh, potentially get something from this. So the dilemma is as such. Uh, quite recently, uh, I'm sure you know, some people who are listening may have um, seen or heard, uh, there were a series of tweets that came out, um, you know, past tweets of people who had said uh, quite derogatory things about um, females in the past, uh, in particular darker skinned females, um, and actually kind of when I was scrolling through some of the tweets that came out, someone who I know, um, actually one of their tweets was part of the discussion. Now I'm, I'm in a bit of a bind because me and this person were not super, super close, but I could definitely have a conversation with him. And I, I essentially don't know whether to have that conversation or not. And I'd love to get your advice on this because you know, I'm quite blessed in that as a darker skinned female, I was always taught to love my skin. So, you know, I'm not someone that's necessarily um, experimented with bleaching. I haven't looked at, you know, my sisters of a lighter complexion. I didn't look at her and think, oh, actually, I wish I looked like her. I've always loved my skin and, and you know, the colour that it was and the complexion that I was. But I've seen in, in the news um, and actually just kind of day to day how that affected many many people so or especially many black dark-skinned women so I think it is a conversation I kind of want to have it's just how how do I approach that how do, how do I approach that the, the question that came to my mind is are you and this person close so we're close enough that I can have a conversation with him but it's not so for example you know the example that I would say is with I, Isaac, for example, I can have this conversation with you and not really think about whether I should have it with, with you or not because we talk often enough that I have a rapport with you. Me and this person, we had a rapport back in the day. We don't have a rapport so much anymore, but I don't, I could message and they wouldn't be like, who is this person? Why are they talking to me? Uh, there is that cool. backlash, but I do think it is, you know, that he hasn't necessarily addressed it. So, like, I mean, first of all, what I mean, what are your thoughts on, on everything that kind of came out in terms of the colorist tweets? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Well, the first thought I had when my friend showed me was that people are bored. Like, people are in quarantine and they're bored. And so they've got time to be scrolling because it takes a very long time to scroll that far back on anyone's account. Yeah. So I just well, you don't have to scroll. You just have to type in keywords. Yeah, you oh, type yeah, you just type in keywords. Yeah, they're not, people are not scrolling. They're just type, you, oh, you type, type their at and then just type yeah. keywords. Oh, I see. Yeah. I didn't even know that because whenever I'm looking yeah. at something, I'm scrolling. And I'm like, no, 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 no. No one's got time to do that. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was my initial thing. What I found surprising wasn't the colorist tweets, 
but it was that some dark-skinned women or women who I consider to be dark-skinned were tweeting, had been tweeting in such a way. Yeah. And there was one, <laughs> one girl, she said, blue black women. Blue black, you know? Blue black. Oh, that my is God. so rude. Blue that black. Is that, that, that is terrible. That is Blue terrible. Black. And so, oh, so yeah, so I found that most surprising was that it was dusk, some dark-skinned women who were, who were doing the colorist tweeting. Yeah. Um, yeah, because one girl said, you know, I made the cut. And I thought, you're dark I, I don't understand. Yeah. What? No, okay, right. So I'm going to be very honest and, and I'm going to ask you a very real question. Isaac, did she make the cut? We don't need to, you know, we're not here. No, no. Did it make, you no. see? You see? Yeah. So I thought, you made a cut. No, you just, but anyway, but but thing is, so once, once the shock of the word blue black wore off, yeah. I thought, well, what it is, is I understand context. Mm. And not that it makes it right. For example, if you look at Eddie Murphy's um, Eddie Murphy Raw or Delirious, yeah, it's very homophobic. Like, it's super homophobic. Yeah. But you have to judge it in the context of the time it was released. Mm. You cannot. It's not fair to judge Eddie Murphy's Delirious by 2020 standards and how society has progressed. Really- and so, yeah, I, I, I don't know if I agree with that. You know. Well, let me finish. And so, yeah, land, yeah, land, land. Yeah, and so, and so that's just how, that's just how, how I looked at those tweets in terms of if people have grown and they're, and they're no longer at that place, then it is oh, what yeah. it is. Yeah, because no, I agree with that. When I was in secondary school, there was two things that you were going to get cussed for, being African and being dark-skinned. Yeah. End of conversation. You understand? So there'll be a lot of social justice warriors right now Getting onto these people about these tweets, but you know, thank you know, good good for you that in 1998 there wasn't Twitter. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's what it really is because on the on the, on the, on, the, on the bus at school, it was it was nothing but colorist tweets. Color, colorism wasn't even a term. It was just normal custom-dusking people <laughs> and Africans. There was no term as colorism, and Afro beats had not been a thing. And dark-skinned men were not the, the, the most desirable of, of the dating tree. And, and so, yeah. yeah, and so for me, I think, yeah, it's bad tweets, but I think if people have, are no longer at that place and they've grown from it, then I don't think it's a big deal. So you, wouldn't, you would basically say, there's no point in me kind of pulling this, this, this friend, and I kind of use the term quite loosely, to be fair, mm. this friend up on these past tweets because it's all about, you know, the time and, and the context in which they they said it. No, I think if they're your friend and you want to have the conversation, have the conversation. Yeah. But I think if it's an acquaintance, then keep it pushing. Mm. Then, so if it's, yeah, because Sorry. I don't want someone that I'm not that cool with, a hello and bye person, to to message me about anything. Do you know what I mean? Like, but then I think that's an interesting one in itself because do you feel like? Because I agree with that. I think it is very annoying when, like, a, a higher by person starts jumping into your DMs, talking the most. But do you feel like it's not so much you're above reproach, but do you feel like it it isn't justified sometimes for someone who's kind of out of your your general circle to come in and give you some um, 
perspective, I guess, from another angle. About tweets from, from, from five, eight years ago. No, I don't think it is. And the reason I say that is this. Like, for example, like one of my friends had old tweets come up, yeah? yeah. And I remember like, like that friend, like they do a lot of like positive stuff and whatnot. Yeah. And one of, one of his friends tweeted that, rah, you're all messaging me about this tweet. But you've never messaged me about anything else. That, so, so anytime he was doing good stuff, good, 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 good. You never felt the need to message me. You found tweets of seven years ago, now you want to message me. Get out, my, get out my DMs. So for me, I think if you and someone have a relationship and you're like, oh, that's my friend, like, oh, yeah, I want to know. Yeah. Fair enough. But if me and you are not cool like that, yeah. I'm not a public figure. Why are you DMing me? Don't DM me. Yeah. I'm a yeah, public figure. I, I, I'd, agree with that. I'd agree with that sentiment that Isaac just said in terms of, so to answer your dilemma, I think, if you're not friends with a person, I don't think it's necessary. Unless you, unless you're like you generally, I would say, if you were offended, like you were individually and personally offended by the comment, and you have some, and you have some kind of rapport, or you have some kind of friendship, or you've had a friendship, then I don't think you're completely out of your remit to like to say, oh, like, no, why did you tweet this um, or whatever, um, or have that kind of conversation. But if it's if it's a thing where you just observed it and you know it's bad, but it doesn't offend you personally, and the person's not a friend um, or someone that you deem as close, I'd say, um, to what benefit a lot of time? Like, to what, or what do you gain? I, I think there could be gain, because you could have a conversation with people that you don't even mm. know, and there could be some gain to it. Uh, maybe, you, maybe you just follow each other on Twitter, and you just see them tweet something mad, and you, you might not know him personally, but you might be like, oh, like, why did you tweet this? So I think, I think there is room for, like, if it's honest and open, conversation not slander but actual conversation with people um mm. I, I do think there's room for it um but I, I am more in line with isaac in the terms of yeah like if you're not boys like that or you're not friends like that i don't think it's a necessity i think um especially if you're not offended by it or it doesn't affect you personally i don't think um i don't think it's a it's a must um that you do but i don't think you're completely out of your remit if you chose if you chose to yeah, you're, you're, it's, it's up to you. Like, especially yeah. if you have had kind of some kind of relationship with a person before. If you, for, for whatever reason, if you feel like you need to, then go for it. Um, I would say, though, so going back to Isaac's initial point when I said, oh, I'm not sure if I agree. I, the thing is, I don't completely disagree. So I've got two, I've got two to answer, answer your first question about how I felt about the collision tweets, right? I've got two ways of thinking about it. Because I think, one, I do think people should be accountable to what they tweet so what however long ago it was you should hold yourself accountable to it so even even if i was in secondary school right and i was making colorist or whatever homophobic slurs i can still now as a 32 year old say i shouldn't have done that yeah. right i i, I don't just because it was 20 years ago that doesn't mean i i should completely ignore it oh, i was 20 I, i'm not saying that i should be um condemned for it but I can still hold myself. Say, oh, right. I used to call girls blick, or I used to cuss dark-skinned women. I should never have done that. I'm sorry, that was wrong. And you can, the same way Eddie Murphy um, can, even if the context was um, okay at that time, he can still come back 20, 30, 40, 50 years down the line and say, oh, yes, I was doing that at that time, but I was wrong for doing that. And, that, and I think that's holding himself accountable for that. Um, and I think that's all he or anyone else that has done tweets that have been colorists or whatever have to do. They say, oh, wow, that was bad. If that was wrong with me, I should never have done that. I apologize. Or it doesn't have to be a formal apology because you don't owe an apology to anyone. 
But mm. I think holding your, holding yourself up to it, because I don't completely buy the whole idea oh, it was five years ago. Was it? No, like whatever you do, you do, right? Like um, you've got to hold yourself accountable, unless you're like literally an infant. <laughs> like a lot of these old tweets it's not like they, a lot of these they weren't in secondary school like they were old enough to have Twitter and using Twitter like they weren't they were old enough to like make decisions about what they were doing we knew what we were doing when we were 16 we knew what we were doing when we were 18 we definitely knew what we were doing when we were 21 so I don't buy the idea of oh like oh I was young yeah you were young but you knew what you were doing um, so I think it's right for those people to um, say yeah I was wrong I had a different mindset back then this is what we were doing um, even though I do think colorism is deep rooted, um, I don't want to go too deep with the whole colorism thing, but it is deep rooted. So I think it is things that we should reflect on. Mm. But saying all of that, I don't think anyone should be condemned for it. I don't think anyone should be cancelled for it, especially when they're repentant and they're matured from it. I don't think this whole kind of cancel culture because of it, I strongly disagree with. And that was my my problem with the colorism tweets is the way people are so quick to like just jump on people and like like get onto people that's what i didn't like so yes i think if you did happen to you know tweet some mad things before yeah just hold your hands up i apologize but i think everyone has the everyone has the ability to mature and to change um and everyone should be afforded um that right to do so so i don't really like the whole cancel i don't like cancel culture in general but mm. specifically with this dark skin stuff even though it did reveal it revealed something um, which is which is evident in yeah, in a lot of people's mindsets and the way people think anyway, but if said per- people are repentant, um, then I think, yeah, they don't deserve to be cancelled. Sorry, that was long, innit? But that's, what, that's all the stuff I was thinking while you guys were talking. But, but you know what else, yeah? I also think, um, and I agree with what you're saying, I also think these tweets, it's, it's not as if um, these people had a secret diary which has been found. They tweeted this publicly. Yeah. And there was no backlash then. Why was there no backlash then? Because that was the feeling and the environment of that time as well. Yeah. So we can't lose sight of that. Yeah, but that doesn't make, that does not make it not wrong, though. No, no, I'm not saying that it's not wrong, but yeah. the fact that they could tweet it publicly and feel no way would speak to the deeper problem of the audience receiving it as well. Yeah, yeah, no, to everyone. Yeah, just, just yeah, like yeah, you said, yeah. Isaac, in secondary school, calling someone blick or cussing because of someone dark, it was um, it was like almost a norm and acceptable. But that speaks to a deeper problem. Yeah. Um, same way when people were doing it on social media, the fact that people were accepting it speaks to a deeper problem. Sorry, Sarah, you're trying to speak. Yeah. Something else I want to add to that as well, because I I agree with you, uh, Femi, that you know, cancel culture, and I'm sure I, Isaac agrees as well. Cancel culture is not something. It's not. It doesn't deal with the problem. All it all cancel culture actually really does is enhances the fact that as much as people kind of claim under the guise of oh, actually, I want to cancel this person because they've done wrong, they just basically are using an opportunity to get rid of, I guess, another rival in their mind. Because there is a level yeah. of aggressiveness on social media that is, uh, is, you know, if we go into it, it's a whole nother, whole nother episode in itself because it's just very, mm. and it comes from some very negative places. So I don't believe in cancel culture. However, one thing I will say, and actually this came up quite evidently with the handle of this particular, because this is not the first time this has happened. You know, I've come up before but what I found particularly distressing I think this kind of added to the because I was initially distressed by the tweets I saw by this person that I know but what mm. I think really kind of got to me and made me want to be like actually does this need to be addressed should I say something was 
when it got wider media coverage, so I don't know if you saw, there was actually a BBC article talking about what had happened. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, there was a focus predominantly on the females. So the females that had tweeted some of these colorless tweets, they were the ones that were highlighted in this article. But it wasn't just females that were tweeting. There were some very prominent male figures who also were tweeting quite you know, rude, quite abrasive, uh, colorless tweets that if, if we were going to really address the issue, it should, be, it should have been across the board. And the reason why I kind of highlighted that was because in saying the point you made around, um, you know, at that time, why wasn't it addressed? I'll be honest, I don't, even now, I don't think that certain people can be addressed, not because they shouldn't be, but because the people are scared to because of their status. So, you know, honestly, I'd liken it to like, if you were to go against Diddy, right? We know the power that Diddy and the influence Diddy has behind the scenes. But if you were to go against Diddy and you're not, maybe you're like a two bit um, girl from around the way that you, or you know what, actually, let's give you an example of Rita Ora and Rock Nation. Rita Ora basically mm-hmm. had this whole thing with Rock Nation, and obviously it's not about colorism, but you know, using the example of a big powerhouse against someone who's quite small, she was locked into a contract for like however many years because essentially she was trying to speak out against Rock Nation, how they were doing her. And they basically just kept on shutting her down. If you like to... I just forgot about her, I can't rely. Does she still be busy? And this is the thing, like, I feel like the way that we have it on social media sometimes, even if someone wanted to speak out then and address the fact that this isn't, it wasn't okay, it may have been very difficult to because they may have been shut down. They may be, you know, I saw another series of tweets actually with, um, a woman who's quite popular now on Twitter um, and she kind of highlighted her experience that when she actually spoke out about it someone who was all equally popular was making the most disparage like the remarks he was making was foul I can't even repeat them on the podcast because they were so bad and that was all she did was she, she spoke out about it so you know is it a justification to say because the predominance of people didn't talk out talk out about it it was okay at the time i i i, I, I agree with that I don't, I don't think it is justification because if you look at the who are the kind of people that we affected by colorist tweets on a whole people that say if i'm a dark-skinned black woman um and people are making um crazy comments about me what's my response my response could be wow i feel crap about myself or i don't i don't feel desirable or so like who who is like who because even when, as you used to use the example of secondary school right and then oh this was the norm but even while it was the norm i'm sure many people were really feeling crap about themselves right and feeling like especially if you're a dark-skinned black woman or even a dark-skinned black ma- ma- male at that time like you said they weren't as desirable you might be so you're yeah if everyone everyone's bantering the people are bantering are the people that are not dark-skinned or the people that these comments don't affect um, and it's the same thing on social media so even if these things were happening 10 years ago, how long ago it was ago, I'm sure there would be many people that, yeah, they might not have responded at that time, but their response would have been, oh, I feel crap about myself, or I don't feel desirable, or, you know, um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I don't, I don't think the answer of, in itself, is, even though there is context, I do agree there is context, yeah, um, more, more, more to the people making the remarks, but not so much on how people respond to the remarks. Um, because those remarks definitely, I can guarantee, would have hurt 
and would have caused distress to someone. Um, so, I, so using an example of, oh yeah, but this is how everyone was talking at the time, that's why I don't believe that's in itself justifiable. Um, it's not condemnable, that's why I agree. I don't think that means this person should be condemned or cancelled, no. But I don't think saying, okay, this was the context at the time, is enough, is enough, it's not enough. You, you have to hold your hands up and say, look, that was wrong. Uh, but what, what I'm saying is, I'm not saying that that makes it okay. What I'm saying is, like, like for example, when you say um, the girl who, who tried to have the conversation was shut down, she yeah. wouldn't be shut down today. She wouldn't be shut down today. You know what I'm saying? So, look, so today, today, she could take... Yeah, because I think no, but actually, I'm hesitant. I don't think that. I think that if there are enough people behind you, I think that. I think there are. I think some people that they they are quite blind. But nobody's gonna get. Nobody's gonna get behind you today about colorist tweets. Drake couldn't get away with colorist tweets today. Understand? Like, not today. So because and and that's my thing is that society. No, no. Drake. Drake. Drake could not tweet. Dasking women are blue black, yeah, and get yeah, away with it. Right, you're right. You couldn't. That's that's not happening in today's society. You know no, and and and, and a girl, and a girl. There will be people who would try and justify it for him. Right, but but there'll be backlash. But on, no, the majority wouldn't. That's true. But majority wouldn't. There'll be backlash. And a girl with that's, that's a girl with ten followers could take on Drake if he did that. What I'm saying is this: the fact that someone could tweet that publicly and not receive backlash speaks to the bigger problem that we had in society at that time. So I'm not saying that it's okay, but what it is is um, when, when people seek to cancel an individual for tweets they made seven years ago, you're losing sight of the fact of, if you're really looking to cancel them, then you're really, you're really trying to cancel the society of that time. Mm-hmm. Then, because yeah. why was there no backlash? Yeah. There was no backlash okay. because people there were there was a larger demographic of people who accepted that yeah yeah i don't think that, i don't think that in itself is enough to say i don't think anyone should be cancelled anyway so yeah, that's yeah, yeah. The first thing that's but i don't think the fact that there wasn't backlash at the time um because even at that time not everyone held those views so yes people had those views no doubt and it was more common but not everyone did right so there were people that didn't have hatred towards dark-skinned black women for example even in that time um, I don't so, even think those people even had hatred towards some people. Oh, definitely. There's, 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 there's yeah. people like this. We, we don't know, in it. We don't, we don't know yeah. anyone's heart. But we know for a fact that even today, dark-skinned women aren't the most desirable women in society. Even So we might not tweet it. People might not tweet it now, especially not now, but just generally. So, definitely at that time. But I, I don't... I, I don't... I mean, I would... I would just... I, it's not that I would disagree with you, but I think what you said is, is spot on. Even if they are the most desirable, this it, there is still a secrecy around it. There is still an element of I will do this behind the scenes. I think they are celebrating. Yeah. Yeah, I said I don't, I'm not desirable. I didn't say they are. No, no, no. But you you were saying you were saying that even if they don't necessarily say it, like dark swing women are more so like they're people they're more desirable. No, I say no. If they're, that they're not. I said I don't. People might not say that they're not desirable. Oh, okay. Oh, I so, see. So, so I yeah. do, I do think that it they they are desirable, but people just don't want to. They don't want to. I think it's the opposite way around. Where I think they are more desirable, people just aren't willing to claim it publicly. Yeah, I don't know. I, no, on, the, on the whole, yeah. I think I think fairer skin. I think fairer skin is still the most is, desirable. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Even till now. It's not a secret thing. Yeah. Can I can I understand the point I was making though? Quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, so even in that at that time, you're right. Like I'm sure people made those jokes and probably didn't have strong feelings, but it definitely would have been people that did. Um, um, that did. So mm-hmm. I. So the point I'm trying to make is I don't I'm not saying that they're still worthy of being cancelled, but I yeah. still think despite the fact that it was in that time where yes, it might have been more acceptable. Right mm-hmm. now, 2020, what that person that made those comments then has to do to is to repent. Um, from that, from that kind of thinking, or apologize for, in order for people to accept them. So I, I don't think you could just leave it. At, oh, but this was the time and this was the context. I, I think we can look at it in hindsight now. We can say, oh yeah, there was context to it. But the individual that made the tweets, or made the remark, or made the insults, they can't use that excuse of context. That's what I'm saying. Like we Why can not? look at it, it, it makes sense. Yeah, but they, all they can say is, have you changed? Because to be honest, in 2020, I think people still hold many qualities. They might not openly, they might not have the, the ability to express it now, but they still hold those views. So if you hold those views in 2012 or 2010, mm-hmm. you could very easily still hold it in 2020. Yeah. <laughs> Just because you're not tweeting, because it's more acceptable, or you'll get backlash, you still could hold, and it's very plausible. Yeah, well, people well, still, you, but can't, the you can't use the whole context argument, because at the end of the day, if you feel that just because that was acceptable at the time, it was acceptable for you to tweet. It's not about what was acceptable. I mean, right now, it's acceptable for you to sleep with 10 guys in one day. If, you know, if we're going to go, if we're going to use that example, it's acceptable for you yeah. to six kinds of recreational drugs in one day. Are you going to do yeah. it? Acceptable. You've got, you still have a decision to make. And, you know, I feel like some of the reasons, you know, part of the reason why I'm also a bit like, I don't, I don't buy into that whole kind of, context in its fullness is because i feel like that's a cop-out for you to basically still hold views that you genuinely should go and address because like no, they might not even hold those views no but this is my thing for example yeah like let's just take eddie murphy for example yeah, yeah. As, as far as i understand he's not homophobic yeah. he's saying oh well, i don't think that's a good example so what i'm saying is i'm not saying that it's not worth having a conversation um, with the individual, I mean, if, like, you know, if you want to have a conversation with the individual, to be honest, but I think the issue is, I, I think that what can happen at times is, like, a bandwagon of, of, um, of what's the word? Of rage. Is that a, a bandwagon of rage. So, so what, what tends to happen is people who aren't really that outraged, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're not really that outraged, but it's, it's communal rage. So you, can jump on that wave. I'm saying, not that it makes the tweets right, but it's communal rage. So, because the communal rage right now is this colorism thing. Yeah. Now, I guess the question I have is, what do you, what kind of statement would you expect from the dark-skinned women who were making colorist tweets about dark-skinned women? Apology. I think. Who? Is that as Apology a, to who? Yeah. As a as a dark-skinned woman, here mm. is from someone who is prominent i would look at two things and this is actually what i have been looking at if i'm looking at it from a mm-hmm. perspective right yeah. get my friend for example the females that i saw the first mm-hmm. thing i want to look at it is an apology because essentially okay. why you did it you did it and it's, it's out mm-hmm. there right so it's mm-hmm. an apology but actually the thing i would also look at and probably more important to me is how you have conducted yourself since that point because mm-hmm. there is no point of you apologizing for something that you still believe in if you still believe that a black school uh you know a dark skin woman is a black blue don't apologize to me i don't care for blue your black. Or blue, blue, black. Black. Blue, blue black i see black blue whichever one they want to do even if you want to say green green yellow 
however you want to put it, right? If you <laughs> believe that, you know, the complexion of my skin mm. is deserving of a derogatory term in the way that you put it, I don't care yeah. for apology. You can, you can literally spin away with that apology. All I want, like for me, I just want you off my timeline. You have an audience mm. and whoever wants to buy into that, cool, do that. And I think that's, mm. that's the key thing, right? It's about appreciating that if you're going to make an apology, you need to also have mm. backed that up. And actually not just when it's all come out, you should have been back mm. from the jump. Because if you are who you are, I think, in honesty, I would own people who are who they, are, not own them, I res- respect you more, at least in the sense that you know who you are, you're just not mm. familiar, right? Mm. And I feel like there are some instances, not all, but I, there are some instances where these people are still who they are. They're still the people that tweeted six, seven, eight years ago. So this whole idea of, you know, all context and they were young and they didn't know, it's a lie. Because they still believe Yeah, it. I, I don't buy the context thing that much, to be honest. The more I think about it, the less I buy the context thing. The context thing is a, is a big role. Obviously, I don't know what the state of anyone's heart is today. But people generally, especially with something like social media, yeah. where it's about entertaining the masses and, and what will gain you clout, yeah? Like, you could have, like, even, like, in school, in a playground where you would laugh at the kids and cuss him, not because you even believe it, but because what everyone is doing yeah. and you're just joining in. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it just, it, it happens. So I don't think we can overlook that aspect of it. Now, I think... Yeah, I think you can. I think you can. I'll answer when you finish talking about Well, I think the issue now is, because society has now gone, the other, like, has now corrected, and, and now that is unacceptable, then what you actually have is people will still hold those views and not, and, and just not share it. They would apologise. So I guess, how do we now gauge if someone has truly changed anyway? Yeah, so... I, you asked two questions. So first, I mm. yeah. The more I think about the context thing, I so I think the context of the time provided opportunities for people to act wrongly um, without getting the amount of backlash that they'll get now. I agree with that absolutely, absolutely. But just by virtue of the fact that not everyone was doing it, so it's not like this is something that every everybody was like disparaging dark skinned black woman, for example, and everyone was just doing it. So that's the context. No, no, not everyone was doing it because. Clearly, some people had the right mind to know this was wrong or this wasn't, this wasn't, or to think about um, black women in this way would have been right. Even back in school, not everyone was saying, oh, black skin women are this, black skin women are this. So but, it's not yeah, a mindset. Honest, had. In school, <laughs> black skin women were never cussed. It was, it was dark skin men. I, didn't, I never noticed black dark skin women were cussed. It was dark skin men. Dark skin women definitely got cussed. But, about that, but yeah. Dark okay. skin women definitely got cussed. And they still do. And the elevation in of school. light skin. The elevation oh, of light, it, light, it, light. It was a mixture of both. You guys will let me land today. Just as much. Like, they definitely... Yeah. But, yeah, but, um, yeah, so, um, yeah, so, yeah, I forgot what I was going to say. Yeah, so there's, yeah, so whatever context, so the context that you're saying definitely did exist. So it was definitely, you get less backlash now, sorry, less backlash then than you get today. No, there's no doubt about that. But, I think the virtue of you saying coming coming up to your phone and saying dark skinned women are this, black women are that, going to type that on your phone, that wasn't the norm. There's you can't make an argument that that's like a normal thing to do. It might have been more acceptable. More people may have come against you now than they would then, but it still wasn't the norm. So that's why I can't really buy that. More you I say it's not the norm. The less, How do you mean? the less I can buy that that, that, that How do you mean that wasn't the norm? That was the norm because people were, people were doing it and mass. 
Most people are doing it. No, just I, I disagree. I, I've been on Twitter since 2009. The norm wasn't. I've been on Twitter since 2009. The norm wasn't to cast dark skinned right. black women. That wasn't no, the norm. No, what is the norm? No, not casting dark skinned black women. It was just a very. No, no, Twitter was a very savage place where crud, crudness. Right. Was, I've been on Twitter a long time, but I've seen it. Right. I it wasn't the norm. Like disparaging a, a, a complexion. Right, it was dead. Casting, the, casting people's complexion wasn't the norm. Saying, you know, okay. um, oh, basically, my hair. Oh, I love my hair. Oh, that's not what's the, you know. That's um, it's like me saying, oh, I love my wig. And someone's like, yeah, you need that wig because that hairline is mad. That's crud. We're breaking up. Right? I'm breaking up again. Sorry, you're breaking up. Can you hear me now? Barely. The frozen. I know where I stopped at least, so. Is it still frozen? Yeah, Let me know when it's okay. Uh, you, I can hear you. Thing is unstable. Why does someone want to space me today? That's cool. I am. Um... We can hear you fine though. Yeah, so kind of say we're saying if it's, yeah, if it's recording. Because we can hear you fine now. Okay. Um, so crud is basically me saying, oh, my wig looks amazing. And someone will be like, yeah, of course it'll look amazing because your hairline is looking higgy. That's crud, right? That is not the same as you look like a monkey because look how dark your skin is. Yeah. <laughs> that was still niche. <laughs> it was still niche. I don't, you see, you see, I'm not sure that was niche. I think this is, this is, what, this is what is niche. People who have become famous since then. So there's a whole bunch of people who are tweeting like that. The only thing is they're not famous. So there is nothing to be gained by bringing up Pete, Pete Robinson's um, what's it tweets. But if you ever become famous, they're going to come back up. That's what, what that are you happens. based that on? Did you actually see all these whole bunch of tweets? Bro, listen. I feel like I you're think, just... This is no, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Rob, remember, I spoke, to, I spoke to Rob about this. Yeah. That time, listen, you got to think about it. If, if in school... I'll be able to Okay, if in school, yeah? If in school... That's what the majority were doing. So in school, it, was, it wasn't a minority thing to cast asking people. In school, right? It wasn't, it, it wasn't a minority thing to cast Africans in school. It, it wasn't a minority. That's the majority doing that, right? So when those, so when, so when those people then got, got, the, got Twitter, what, did they die? Did they disappear to the ether? They're alive. Doing the same I, I, yeah, I, don't think, I don't think it was as common. But I, I, don't think it, I don't think this argument... Um, Matter, matters because I don't think contact like because we don't have stats and figures I don't think we don't know if it was a norm or if it was a yeah. majority let's, let's even argue that it was a majority um, the point is anyone that decide, my point was anyone that picks up their phone to do that that says something I don't think outside I think the only context that you can give to me is you are a literal child like you're like you're 12 13 even I even go up to like 15 16 even then I'll, I'll still ask questions because <laughs> um, if I see a fifteen no, or sixteen-year-old, if I see a fifteen or sixteen-year-old cussing dark skin women, I'll still like rebuke them, right? That's why I, I even, I, I'll even, but I'll go up to that. But these people, these are people that were in their twenties that, that are tweeting, tweeting these things. So, yeah. so I think once you've done that, once you've done that, there's not. I don't think there's any room for context. I think yes, like I was saying before, I think we can look back at it now and say, oh yeah, this is why people were um, going crazy about it. Yes, we can look at that. But for the individual that made the choice to do that. There's no, I don't think context should even come to it. I think I, whatever, for whatever reason, the same way I was in that context and I decided not to tweet 
I was in the same context, but I, for whatever reason, I decided not to do that, right? And many mm. other people were in the same context and decided not to tweet anything disparaging about dark-skinned black women. So if we mm. could do that, then they had obviously a different mindset. So I think in 2020, all you can do now is say, look, I don't have that mindset anymore. I apologize for it and I've repented from it. I've matured. And I think we should then also give them the grace to be able to mature um, from it. But I don't think in their thoughts or in their conversation, context should be even included. I don't, yeah, I don't see how that's a strong enough. Um, well, I, think, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even see why it's relevant. I, I just want well, I think context is relevant when it comes to people, people, people's willingness to forgive. You know what I'm saying? I think context has to matter in people's willingness to forgive. Because I think I think I think how they repent is what how they should. Yeah, um, no, well, yeah. I, well, I think it's not to do with essentially if you have a willingness because like if we're talking about as, as Christians, we all have that you know we should all have that spirit to forgive. But if someone is essentially not willing to repent, why should I mean we can forgive? But essentially they're going to keep on doing the same thing again and again and again. And are we not just damaging ourselves by continuing to forgive someone who doesn't really want to repent? Well, well, I guess the, well, when it comes to social media, these people are not our friends. You know what I'm saying so. I guess it, it really comes down to who are they apologizing to to begin with, and who's the person who it matters to. It would be their followers, so, okay. because if if someone I don't follow apologizes for um, you know xenophobic or colorist tweets, it's never here or there for me. So I guess I guess then I guess the other question would be to whom are they apologizing and to whom does it matter? So I'm gonna because I don't care. Found an article. Yeah, yeah, I guess that would be the thing. I found an article, right, which kind of highlights the, the wider issues that there are with colorism and just some of the, the places that it affects. Um, mm. now, this kind of focus is actually a bit more on males. So, you know, we've talked quite heavily about females because this is what's been prominently being put out there, but this, focus, this article focuses a bit more on males. So, um, it says, where is it now? Um, you know, I went to the person kind of who did the article, they said, oh, I went deep into my colorism research. And what I found, let me know that colorism is still alive and well. So this was written last year. I started with the marriage market and found out that dark-skinned women are less likely to be married than light-skinned women. But colorism shows up in even starker ways. The difference in pay rates between darker-skinned and lighter-skinned men mirrors the difference in pay between whites and blacks. Dark-skinned women are given longer prison sentences than their light-skinned counterparts. And, this is American? Um, no, this is British. This is oh, British. Okay. Um, and this discrimination starts young. If you are a dark-skinned girl, you are three times more likely to be suspended from school than your light-skinned peers. Even more so, colorism affects how we are remembered. Light-skinned black people were perceived to be more intelligent. Educated black people, regardless of their actual skin color, are remembered by job interviewers as having lighter skin. All of this affects our mental health and our well-being. So, to the point that you've made, yeah, and, and like I said, this is a this was an article. Um, it was actually in, and I'll put the link in in the um, bio. But this was written in the Guardian last year. So this is okay. stuff that is still is still happening. So, you know, to answer your question this affects everybody and it doesn't even just affect the people that are being tweeted about but it's also affecting how society is seeing darker skinned um people in general so mm -hmm. dark so black black people you know you say the majority of darker skinned people are black um mm -hmm. 
so you know i'm going to ask a kind of another question here just slightly move into a different direction as black men have you found that colorism has affected you particularly in any way not, not that i know of not that i'm aware of i don't know personally um especially when you start talking about like job things and stuff you don't know sometimes you might not know how you've been discriminated against especially if you're comparing it into you're not comparing me to white males or other races you're comparing me to lighter skinned black men that's what you're saying um i would have no idea in 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 that case but it's possible that it could have happened it's very it's very very possible that i might have been treated differently because i was darker than another male um very possible but not, nothing that's been in my face or was kind of mentioned and you both kind of mentioned around like even at school so for example like maybe if the girls were like oh this guy looks buffer than you because you're because he's lighter or you know you look like this because you're darker like do you not feel like that potentially could have an not, not even necessarily on yourselves but that could have potentially had an impact on you know others in terms of well, I, I would say i think in school i'm trying to think of my school experience right like there were guys that were darker skinned than me. I'm not like the darkest dark um dark skinned, but I'm not like dark dark. And they was had complete success with girls, like general. I think like what Isaac said, I think the main thing in school was African, especially in my school, because Africans were like the minority in my school. Like I know some of you guys went to schools where, you know, it was equal equal. I went to a school where we were the real minority. It was a, I went to a fully black school, but we were still the minority. it was mostly Caribbean. Um so I think yeah, I think if you were African, you had a disadvantage a little bit. But in terms of like darker skin, I'm just thinking about now. I don't think it was with guys. I don't think it was a. It was, a, it was more if you're African. <laughs> um, I don't think there was like a major disadvantage um, with dark skin guys. Mm-hmm. But I know, I know. Obviously, people could have had different experiences. Um, but definitely secondary school, I didn't. I, I don't remember it being much of an issue. I, I would probably think guys used to cuss other guys for being dark skin sometimes. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I think guys would cuss oh yeah. Not so yeah, much girls. Would... I think guys would cuss each other. We would cuss each other and say, Oh, you're blick or something blick. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that kind of thing. Yeah. So being African and being dark skinned would make you a target for for insults. And 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 I and I'll be straight up with like for example, just in terms of verbal discrimination, yeah. I have received much more verbal discrimination growing up from West Indians than from any white man. Mm. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's, that's from Yeah, absolutely right. Oh my gosh, you know what I mean. Yeah. But everyone is woke now because, and, and that's fine. And I'm happy for people to grow and be someone and be different. But I'm telling you, in school, this is how bad it was in school. Yeah, to be African, there are people now who are African today, but they were in school they were Jamaican. <laughs> yeah, that's all. That's me. Be like all I knew was because I mean the parties were lit. I love like my language. Like I just I couldn't. I mean I was abused. I was like oh boo boo and all of that stuff. Wait, but how old are you? I'm 31. Well, I had to think about that. Okay. Wow, wow, wow. Was I gonna give my football age? No, it's not. <laughs> like maybe you came through at the at the back end. Is it so when Afrobeast was rising? <laughs> no, nah, she didn't. She's, she's basically my age. No, nah, bro. Oh, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> You got it. Okay, okay. I think it depends on um, where you grew up, though. Because, again, like, mm-hmm. where I grew up, or well, where I went to school anyway, it was less, 
um, like I said, I went to a school where there wasn't like African wasn't the dominant. I went to a black school where Africans still wasn't the dominant um, mm-hmm. culture. Um, so I think when you're the minority, you're more likely to be disparaged or whatever. Whereas I know people that went to school where like everyone was Nigerian. Um, I didn't. Mm-hmm. That was an experience. <laughs> like, like it wasn't my experience at all. So. Um, if you feel like so, let's go. Let's go with the assumption. Everyone, I, you know, I've had a conversation with a few other guys, and I know everyone's experiences were different. But let's go with the assumption that okay, as a male, you didn't necessarily receive that abuse, at, say from another race. Well, yeah, from another race, but actually it was within the black community. No, be, no let, let's be specific. From West Indians, so, I don't want to be specific about so, that. So, from West, from West Indians, from, yeah, from, from West Indians, yes. From, kind of from, the Dar- from the Darnells and the Jeromes. <laughs> Literally. You're even giving names. Hey! Um, love all cultures on this podcast. Um, do you feel that then the problem essentially kind of around colorism lies within our community as a whole? And I think I think color- sorry. done, I guess from a male perspective, because, I, I mean, as a female, I probably have a different perspective. But from a male perspective, do you think anything can be done to potentially combat that? Because I think that well, is... I, th- I feel like a lot of the conversation we've had is essentially, we know there's an issue, we know it's deep-rooted, but what I don't hear is, how do we deal with this? That's not a lot of what I've heard. Well, here's what I'll say. I think the seeds of colorism were planted centuries ago by our colonial masters, but we ha- we since then we have watered it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And so even growing up, the subtle message was always that lighter skin is better. Yeah. It, yeah. That was just a subtle message. So even if someone didn't disparage you and call you black or black, exactly. You didn't just have to became, hear that. Yeah, you didn't need to hear that to know that a lighter complexion was seen more favorably. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It just was. Um, um, that, that, that is what was happening. And so, I think, and so I for me... Gotta remember, I think you've got to remember that colorism is not just a black people thing. Sorry to yeah. interrupt you, Isaac. It's yeah. Asians, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's all over. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. But like, yeah. in the Asian community, they have costs. And actually, yeah. um, your, your, your way of life is affected by your costs. If you are mm-hmm. of another caste, you're basically doesn't matter where you are in the world they you know i was i was hearing a story actually from one of my friends where i didn't even realize this at the time but two of the colleagues that we worked with and we were all really good friends one of the first questions that one of the colleagues asked the other and they were both asian was what caste are you from and then they realized they were of the same caste and i actually think it made one of them more warm to the other one because they knew they were the, they were she was of the same caste as her which is crazy mm. to me it's like mm. If I saw someone who is also dark skin, even if they're more beautiful than me, if I like them, I like them. It doesn't matter to me. So no, I agree. It's not. It's definitely not just within the black community. But sorry, you were saying yeah. in terms of, you know, this is something that is. I mean, is is there something that we can do? Well, I think what we isn't just within the black what, community. What what we can do is not crucify people because they because of the residue of colorism from which they suffer. Do you know what I mean? So, and, and I, I said, I to say this. If a guy says, let's just say a guy says, I preferred light-skinned women, yeah? Now, that, there could be a variety of reasons why he prefers, you know, light-skinned women, you know what I'm saying? 
and it might have colorist roots and colorist undertones. That, that, that just might be the case, I'm saying, and it might not. But the moment those words comes out of his mouth, then it's, you don't love yourself. No. Ra, 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 ra. No. Blah, blah, you know what I'm saying? And so because that's what tends to be the narrative around it, mm. it closes the door for honest conversation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. But I don't think that's what helps the problem. So you're right. I think someone could, I just, I'm strong belief. Um, and I say the same thing when black, black men date white women, for example, or white, moving out mm. of the race. I don't think anyone should be crucified for mm. dating outside their race or dating a lighter-skinned woman. Um, yeah, I don't even think they should even be crucified for saying that they prefer a lighter-skinned yeah. woman because that's, mm. that could be, like Isaac said, that could be the basis. It could be colorism, but it could be the basis of a lot of things. A lot of things mm. that are out of that, per- could be out of that person's control. Um, mm. And you're right we shouldn't crucify them we should have open conversations with them, those people but i don't think that helps the problem either so i think because colorism is so deep rooted i think mm. we have to take active steps in actually getting to the root of issues so, and that doesn't mean crucifying people um so mm. i agree with what i agree with what you're saying Isaac. to be fair i'm not i'm not saying that, yeah i agree i don't think anyone should be crucified for it i think yes open conversations should be had and if we get to the root of why this man likes light-skinned women and it is colorism and we can't ignore it that's mm. that's that that's where we are and we mm. still have to tackle it we still have to keep keep those conversations going mm. um but we still don't condemn we still don't crucify we still don't cancel it's just okay you've ended up in this place might not be mm. it's how you socialize you it's, you know it could be how your parents put you up it could be a lot of things mm. why you ended up in this place but this is where you are let's talk about it but mm. i do think as men because I, I was listening to um sorry i was watching gets did a video talking about the whole thing um Gets is a rapper, if you don't know who he is, one of the best. Um, but um, he was talking about it, right? And he was talking about the fact that he felt like he was a perpetrator of colorism in the past. And now he's got a daughter, you know, he wants to do, do all he can to start changing the way. And that's cool, right? Like uh, a lot of men, you hear that, oh, when they have a, when they have a black daughter, and I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I can't believe this is how we were treating black women because now I've got a daughter. And that's cool. If that brings about your repentance and your maturity, yeah. brilliant. But I think the work also has to be done with our sons. Um, it's, good, it's good to say, oh, yeah, when I have a daughter, I'm going to tell her that she's beautiful no matter what skin she's in. And that's great. And it's good that our, our women have confidence in your skin. But the fact is that the most co- the colorism perpetrators are our young, our black men. That, we're, we're the biggest perpetrators. Yes, we're not the only perpetrators. There are women that perpetrate and there are loads of people. But black men are the biggest perpetrators. We can't ignore that. So I think when we have our sons, we've got to be having those conversations. If we have young people in our midst that we can have, we have um, um, connection with, we should be having those conversations. Nephews, whatever it is, have these conversations with people and start. start and it's not going to. It's not going to be a one. It's not. It's not going to be easy fix. Like this. This is a. This is going to be an ongoing. Yes, because colorism, like Isaac said, this is. We're talking centuries when it comes to colorism. Like this is not. <laughs> this is. This is a thing that affects all races pretty much. Um, but I don't think we should be fearful of having those conversations and trying to not necessarily change, but the same way we were socialized wrongly, we need to do the work into making sure people we do it the right way and we can't ignore that. And it doesn't it doesn't mean just accepting everyone's preferences or say, Oh yeah, you're allowed to preference this. No, it means having conversations, it means changing the narratives. Um, I think we have to do that. I do I think black women have a right to be upset. Um I don't think they have the right to cancel. I don't think they have the right to condemn, but they do have a right to be upset. We've got to do our part in changing, changing it. That's what, what I think. Well, do you think, to be honest, that it's possible that we are looking at colorism 
but maybe colorism is a branch of a much bigger tree, which is deeply rooted in colonialism, which says white is better. So, I think, I think there is, I think it, I think there is, to answer your question in short. However, I do think that in having that conversation, to make that natural assumption almost seems as a, like an excuse for some. I think some people haven't even necessarily thought of it that far ahead. It's just, this is their view, this is what they've seen, and they're sticking to it. And I think, you know, there was something you were saying, Femi, around have this conversation with our young black men. Also have this conversation with the men who are next to you, you know, your, your men in arms. Because if they're, even if they're holding these views in private, if you are having those conversations with your young black men um, around you, but then they're having a different conversation because actually that's how they feel, what, what are we doing? We're essentially just building, it's a whole other generation of people with conflicting views. So well, I, I, guess I, I guess I use the example of young black men in terms of moulding, um, in terms of like how we change, because I think we are fighting a battle, right? So if I'm a grown, if I'm a 30-year-old, and I'm, re I'm really married to my light-skinned woman or my... It's a, it's a harder battle to face. So I'm not saying that you still can't have those conversations, um, but I do agree. I don't think... It's hard, man. It's difficult. Like, I don't think... I don't think it's an easy, it's a one, it's an easy fix. Um, and I, a lot of time you don't know, like even like what Isaac said, the guy that says, I prefer light-skinned women or that is married to light-skinned women, you, don't, you can't just look at it and say, colorism, oh my gosh, we need to fix you. You can't, look, no one can deduce that, like you can't. And I don't think you should either, because you don't know that man's heart, you don't know how he got to that point, you have no idea. Um, but what, all we can do is continue having the conversation, continue changing the narrative and continue like, um, Celebrating our black women—that's all we can do, really, because we're not going to be as we're not going to be able to get to the deep roots of why this man or why this man likes this or that. You can't really. I think you're failing to do so, and it doesn't help. It just, like Isaac said earlier, like it just closes, it, it closes off people's minds. People get defensive. It just doesn't it doesn't help. All this cancelling and um, condemning people is not helping anything. Like, yeah. not really. It's not you're not doing anything to help, really. So. That's what reason why I said young rather than older. It's just because I guess that's part of like the molding process and changing the narrative. Because um, it starts from young, like we said, it's, been, it's from secondary school, primary school, where we have some of these things. From our parents, some of our parents are telling us life is better. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think kind of to answer your question, Isaac, in short, I think it is definitely a branch of a, a deeper problem that's probably starting way before we were even born. But I don't think it's necessarily just because it stems from that, it's something that we can't tackle as we are now. Because, you know, even going back to the Eddie Murphy example that you said, there's a, there's a lot of shows. I think there was an article on Friends as well. That yeah. there's, there's a lot of shows that in that time, that it was somewhat acceptable, but it hasn't aged well. And actually, um, the owners have, you know, the, not only, sorry, the writers have come out and they've said, actually, yeah, this probably wasn't something that was very sensitive. Um, but it doesn't mean that they can't be, you know, we can't be sensitive now. Um, so I think to kind of take it all, to trace it all the way back, it's good to acknowledge it, but to say, actually, this is the reason why, and almost given, uh, uh, not an excuse, but like a, a, a bit of a buffer around it, I feel like it takes away from what needs to be done in order to kind of, deal with it or to at least challenge it in the future. That, that's, I mean, that's my uh, 
Yeah, it's just like racism, I guess. Like racism as a whole, there was a context where racism was obviously more acceptable than it is in 2020 or things that people, even like, like um, I don't know if you could say small racism, quote unquote smaller racist acts. Like if you were to tell someone now, like an older elderly person, oh, this is wrong, this is actually racist. They'll be like, oh, but you know, what I'm used to, that calling people coloured wasn't a big deal. Um, so I'm going to continue calling people coloured because back in the 50s or 40s, this was acceptable. Um, and this, that was my context. But our job still, even though the fact that, yes, at one point, this was acceptable and it was, was the same way it was wrong then, even though it was more acceptable, it's wrong now. So we need to kind of get, so we can't, you're right, we can still get to the roots just because, you know, it, it's, it's deep rooted. That doesn't mean we can't like, at least start to tackle it. It just means we have a, we have a bigger battle to fight because of how deep rooted it is. Yeah, but I, but I think maybe the root isn't like if you want to get to the root, then colorism is not where you start. That's what I mean. If you want to get to the root, white supremacy is probably where we're better starting there. So how, do you, how do you start with white supremacy? So I, I think about it is this year because we will, for example, we will we will like have an issue because, because, because I think it's deeper than skin tone, isn't it? It's not just a skin tone thing. It's European features, standards of beauty. Do you mean? So, so there's a whole list of things, which I think if we're just either starting or stopping at skin tone, which often it becomes more about that, because I guess that's just an easier thing to deal with rather than the whole bunch of, you know, Europeanization and, um, and, and, and the standards of beauty, which we have, you know I'm saying, accepted. So even, even when it comes down to it, the, the dark-skinned women who are even celebrated would quite often have European features. Yeah, and that means we need to talk about that as well. Yeah, so I think, yeah, so therefore, so in terms of tackling effectively, if the root isn't colorism, but it's white is better and white supremacy is, is the real root, then I think, but yeah. I think you touched on it though. I think it's even if you want to go as far as white supremacy and, and kind of. But why not? Because I feel like if you could still context, like not even contextualize it, you could still encapsulate that in what are what do you consider a standard of beauty? And yes, it does come from colonialism, but actually, if you look at it in this day and age, it is just around what you see as beautiful. Because I think there is an element of simplification to really allow someone to embed something. You have to remember that every, every form of learning is an understanding and it's an understanding by the individual. So if we were to go all the way back to talking about colonialism, some people just won't get it. They almost blank it out in their mind because they think to themselves, actually, this is so far behind. Why would this have anything to do with me? Look, look, we don't have to. But if we're talking about standards of beauty, it's bigger than complexion in terms of... Of course, no, I, I agree. The size of beauty is bigger than complexion. One thing to you, if we're talking about tackling it, is mm. that you need to necessarily say, this is what we were conditioned to believe and this is what mm. it is. I feel like there are other ways that you can approach it that doesn't necessarily yeah, definitely. bring in. And that's what I'm saying. So I'm to, to, okay. to Other ways like what? So other ways, for example, right. Um, so use the example of okay. what, what does, what does, and we kind of touched on this actually, Femi, in our episode in terms of, what do you find attractive? Because attraction is subjective to an individual. And mm -hmm. there are some guys who are, or some people, let me not say guys, but some people who are out here publicly abusing black women and privately, they're absolutely in love with them. 
but they haven't. They have you met one of those guys? Sorry. Have you ever met a guy like that? Yeah. You've met guys who, in private, love dark-skinned women and yeah. are abusing them in public. And I'm like, yeah, I not, as in like. So when I say <laughs> it's not, it's not overt abuse. It's a, mm-hmm. a a like here or a retweet here or a LOL there, right? For me, you can't be telling me you're a dark-skinned queen, rare tear tear, and you're there LOLing with someone that's telling me that basically I look like an ape. That's I've met people like that. Yeah, I have. That, me. I haven't met. I haven't met anyone that said that is as explicit as that, but I think it's extremely plausible just because the idea of light skin, especially amongst young black men, they just say light skin. Like, they, because it's almost like the, the, I think I've said this before, it's almost like a trophy almost. Like, yeah. even if you hear like a lot of the songs and stuff, it's like, oh, lighty, lighty, lighty. It's not, it's almost like the idea of a light skinned woman is, is, is like the pinnacle, right? So it's almost how, what that represents rather than, what I'm actually attracted to. I think that's I think that's definitely extremely plausible. The idea that oh, this is this is what is like the ideal light skin is the ideal. But that doesn't say that. So I would then argue that there is definitely a, a potential possibility that they are also attracted to other complexions um, um, as well as that. But because of the deep rooted problems that we have in terms of colorism, that is what is presented. Oh, lighty, 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 lighty. Oh, this is like that's why you know people make jokes that oh. You put, people say light skin, and she's not even that attractive. But because she's light skinned, um, even from school days that happened, like oh, any mixed race girl didn't matter what she looked like really, but because she was mixed race, you know that was the one that was. And you can see there was clearly other darker skinned girls that might have been prettier than her, but mixed race was still put up, put up to the forefront. So I think that definitely happens. I get what Isaac's saying in terms of there's deeper roots, and we can also tackle the deeper roots. But I think sometimes that can be an excuse to not just talk about. They, they even I think there's, I don't think it's one size fits all. I think having the conversations about colorism, like let's let's not ignore that. Yes, it's deeper rooted, but colorism is clearly something that is is a problem. It's problematic. I think people are making colorism remarks or colorism thoughts, and they still might be attracted to other complexions. But because that idea or that mindset is there, it allows them to do that. So you can tackle those things definitely. And I think in some other cases, it's more deep rooted, and you might have to go a bit more deeper into it. But I don't think it's a one size oh. We have to talk about colonialism for it to work. No, I don't think that's always the case. I think you could talk at it, talk about it at more shallow or more, um, more yeah, more initial stage and still have that conversation. I think that all of the conversations should be had. It's basically what I'm trying to say. A long way of what I'm trying to say is every single conversation should be had. I don't think we should ignore it. I don't think we should be like, oh, it doesn't matter. This is just their preference. Oh, it's deep rooted. So what can we do? I don't think that. I don't think that's the answer. Um, I just think it should be tackled in whatever way we can. Um, but I just don't think there's an answer. There's no simple answer. There's no, oh, this is what you need to talk about colorism. There isn't. There isn't. I agree with that. But I think you, you both have made some very valid and very true suggestions, which I hope that, you know, people, people who are listening or do listen or have conversations, they're not afraid to have that conversation with someone that they know or, you know, have that conversation with someone that perhaps they are a bit close to. I mean, for, for me, the advice that you guys have given me, I probably will leave it. I probably won't necessarily have that conversation with this person that I know. But definitely, I think there are conversations that need to be had and they should continue to be had uh, amongst friends, amongst peers, amongst colleagues, amongst, you know, even if it's, like you said, just people that you can see you might potentially have an influence influence on whether they are male or they're female um, that you could potentially kind of help them think a little little bit more broadly when it comes to the the term of colorism and actually what those 
slightly deeper roots may be um, and how to tackle that. So yeah, I feel that was a really good, good discussion, very vibrant, very lively discussion, but I mean, yeah. three of us, I wouldn't expect any less. So we're going to go on to the final part of the podcast. So you guys are very familiar with this, so I won't go into too much detail as to what it is. Um, but quite simply, I guess from when you last came on the podcast, is there anything that you might potentially have learned? Or I'm sure there's many things you actually have learned. Or is there any? But is there anything in particular that you would want to pass on to our listeners or to our viewers? For those who are watching on um, the kind of watching the visual, um, what would you pass on? What would you say? I think specifically with this topic, um, the biggest thing I take away from what happened is um, it's something I reflected on, especially if you, or everyone, but especially if you are a Christian, um, we need to have a heart for forgiveness. I really like understand like what forgiveness is, what it means, um, and how, again, especially if you're a Christian and you're listening, like how God forgave us, um, and that in God forgiving us, we are then called to forgive others. Um, and not to be so quick to cancel people or to hold people to their sins, especially when they've repented and genuinely repented from it um, and apologised. I don't think, I, like I've said a few times, I'm not really a fan of this council culture. I think um, we should be quicker to at least, want, it might be a process, but at least want to forgive. Um, I want to reconcile, I want to like, allow people to redeem themselves um, rather than just being like, I'm going to hold you to this wrong. And even if you're not a Christian, like, just think about the amount of wrong. So you might not have been a colorist, or you might not have called someone um, an African booby scratcher, but there's other sins that you've committed or other wrongs, wrongdoings that you've done that you'd probably not want people in 2020 to hold you to. So remember that. Remember that when you are cancelling this person or cancelling that person, that um, how would you feel if people were to hold you to your wrongdoings that like you did a few years ago, um, even though it was different? So yeah, that's something I've been reflecting on a lot. Like I think we're too we're too quick to to um, to hate and to hold grudges and too slow to forgive, especially if you are a Christian. Yeah, yeah that's some really good advice. And Isaac? Yeah, um, yeah, I agree with what um, with what Femi's saying. Um, and I think when it comes to cancelling it seems to be, just from observation, that people are only trying to cancel people that they didn't like in the first place. <laughs> so... I agree with that. I agree with that. Majority. It's never applied to someone they liked because R. Kelly fans are not, can- not cancelling R. Kelly. Um, and, you know what I'm saying? And if ever... R. Kelly, R. Kelly fans are not cancelling R. Kelly. Like, people are still banging that guy's music. Yeah. And, and if, he, if he was still putting out hits, then even more so, he would not be getting cancelled. So it seems like cancelling really means I never really liked this person, and now I have ammunition for them. For, for, for a second, I mean, it's not for everyone. I will say yeah. there is a significant amount of people that you can see by their behavior, the way that they're counseling people, where they're trying to, is very yeah. rooted in, in, in hatred as a awareness. Because yeah. it is an awareness. I know there's people that I've seen, and I've, I've definitely. It's not so much I've cancelled them, but me personally, I've withdrawn from them because mm. I'm like, I don't like it for me. I don't see anything that's changed between before and now. So mm. I think, you know, but I agree with you to an extent, for the most part, I think it is, there is a lot of cancel culture that is uh, rooted in hatred. Yeah. 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 So, so I'll just say for anyone out there, I guess, as you know, Femi, as Femi said, if you, 
the Bible says, if, if God counted sins, who could stand? And mm-hmm. the longest of it is none of us could stand. And if everything any of us had ever said was to come up in tweets, we would okay. all have apologizing to do. Yeah. That's just the facts of the matter. There will be people yeah. groups who we, who we would all owe apologies to. Yeah. Then some of us are lucky that two things we're lucky of. Either we were not using Twitter mm-hmm. at the time. That's why we're lucky. Is that? Yeah. Um, or we're not famous enough for our foolish tweets to be dug up. So there's nothing to be gained. So, so let's say I do colorist tweets. There's nothing for anyone to gain for bringing it up. If I become famous in five years' time, yeah, someone would dig that up. Is that because then it's newsworthy? Mm-hmm. Is that so? I would say um, the same forgiveness that you would want extend. Is that? It's really that's what I would say. And it's true actually because yeah, I mean I think definitely in more recent times I've had a lot of time to reflect on my own behaviour. Actually, funny enough, I wanted to message someone and I thought to myself, oh, so such so many nasty things about them. Can I really in my heart justify messaging them in a nice place when actually I know in my heart of hearts we probably shouldn't really be friends? And I kind of left and you know, and that's that's my truth because it, it's not to say I'm a nasty person, but I know for that for me and that person, it's just probably not better for me to do that. But it's not because now um I want to show that I'm a good person when I know my heart is probably still not in the right place for me to do that. It's not to say it's never gonna be there, but it's not in the right place. Um, yeah. I should do that, but in the same way, if someone else was to find out about that and was to expose me, I would want people to forgive me because I know I'm trying to work through it. Yeah. Yeah, in, that, in that in that capacity I, I 100% agree with you I think it is important to the same level of grace that you ask God to give you as a Christian or even if you're not a Christian the same level of grace you ask other people to give you because you are human we should definitely be trying to extend that um, to others as well definitely I think it's funny just quickly I, I remember <laughs> when I saw the black women tweets uh, I was thinking yeah, because my first thought was like, oh, I, I know I'm all right. I know I've never tweeted anything um, bad about black women before. But then uh, straight away, I kind of had to rebuke myself in terms of exactly what I was just saying before. I was like, okay, I might not have tweeted something bad about black women, but who knows what I tweeted about something else that could be just as bad or what are my thoughts or what. Like, so, yeah, so the, there's a lot of self-righteousness that goes into cancelling anyone. Um, and I think we can't be self-righteous, like, because, yeah, we're no, we're no better than anyone, man. <laughs> like all of us are trash. I, mean, <laughs> yeah, I, mean, no, I, I agree. I agree. I, I, I know. What I'm trying to say it. Like, all, really. <laughs> well, yeah. guys, as always, I love having you guys on the podcast. You always come with the realness. So thank you so much for joining me in this very spiritual debate. Um, please do share your socials. I know a couple of great things are coming up, Isaac. You have. <laughs> Your screen right in. Woo! Jeez. Jeez. And then I was like, wait, what's your ministry called again for me? I don't have a ministry. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a I don't need to work. Oh, you right. know, what's that? that you're doing you when the ministry, when he attacks churches and pastors. Yes, Femi. Tell them. I don't need to work. I don't need to work. I haven't attacked anyone. Do you know what he's talking about, Sarah? Because I don't. I mean, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you guys speak for yourself. So, please do share, share your socials, share like. Um, yeah. So, um, for my screenplays, for my stories, is um champagne motivation stories. So that's that's Instagram, at champagne motivation stories. 
Okay. And you can check out our podcast, Only God Can Judge Me podcast, yes. on SoundCloud. What are you and back? When I go and edit the stuff and release it. So. <laughs> yeah, we, we've been recording, we just haven't released it. In a, in a nutshell, yeah. amazing. Uh, and Femi? Uh, yeah, man. Uh, Uncle Fems, that's Uncle Fems with a Z at the end on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, that's me. Oh. And obviously, only God can judge me. Obviously, only God can judge her. Of course, I will add that to the bio. Only God can judge. I've actually been since we last recorded. I've actually been a guest on Only God uh, can judge. Oh, oh yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, that was a fun experience, definitely. Um, but <laughs> as always, you can find me on Instagram, Community Pod, so at Community Pod. Uh, you can find me on Twitter as well, Life W O S P A N X X S. Whoa, S. Life about Spanish. People with a confusing Twitter names. I don't oh. understand you. Well, it's because they're slightly different. I'm still, I think I'm going to start a community pod um, Twitter name. Uh. Yeah, but as where it, when it's going to happen, because you need to run the account as well. So that's in the way. Now you can find me on Life at Um You can also email communitypod at gmail.com if you want to put feedback. And if any uh, views you may have on this episode or any other episodes that have been in season one or season two, uh, or if you want to post anything anonymously, you can also post in the Curious Cat link, which is uh, available in the bio. But until next time, thank you very much, guys, for joining us and hope to hear from you soon.